1: my friends. I hope everybody's doing great today. I get a lot of calls about bedtime struggles, sleep problems, hallucinations, people diving out of bed, things like that. So I thought, you know, it actually is a big subject. It hits a lot of people. And I wanted to talk to you about some ways that you can alleviate these issues. Because I hear all the time, especially if it's a an adult child who's reporting on, you know, a situation with a parent who is still with their spouse. And um, an example is I had someone say, my dad uh, gets up and he turns on the light and that would wake my mom up. And then she tries to get him back to bed. And then he'd say he was hungry. And that would go on for 20 or 30 minutes. And then finally, she'd get him back to bed. And an hour later, it would start all over again. And uh, if he didn't turn out the light, she wouldn't wake up, and he would wander out of the room. So that wasn't probably a bigger problem. And then he wouldn't know where he was, and he'd yell for her, or um, she'd wake up with her heart pounding, wondering what happened and where he was. So you know, people think that this is kind of embarrassing, that this is that this is tough. Why? Why won't they share it with you? But then you come over to visit and they're absolutely exhausted. They've had no sleep because they've been up all night worrying about these things. And they don't know what to do. And you can't make it better until they reach out for help. So these are some questions that you could ask your parents about. Is mom or dad sleeping well? What are their routines? Uh, When are they going to bed? Um, what, what is keeping them awake at night? Are they having caffeine in the middle of the night or sugar or something like that? And, you know, everybody wants to know, why does this happen? Well, it happens because nighttime can be really challenging and even more so, uh, for caregivers like the, the people I was telling you about. And we all have a tendency to wear out at the end of the day. If we've had enough stimulation, right? But if you notice that your person's symptoms appear worse in the late afternoon and the evenings, a lot of times people with various dementias will confuse day and nighttime. And that's one reason why we have sleep disturbances. And another is that you know, maybe they just are not having enough activity. There are a lot of things that could play into what people like to call sundowning or nighttime sleep problems. The last couple of days, I've heard from a, a several of my clients saying that they're a person that is experiencing dementia was struggling through the rainy weather we had in Denver. And it's, it's just continued and continued. And we've had more rain this year in 2021 than we had in all of last year in 2020. And so people are noticing these problems uh, to be a little bit more significant and troublesome. So one thing you can do is be sure that you have taken them to the doctor and evaluated them for common causes of, you know, sleep disturbances that come with age, you know, like sleep apnea, restless leg syndrome, side effects of medications. There could be a lot of things causing this problem. And again, reflect on the person's day. If they're not sleeping at night, it could, because, could be because they are sleeping all afternoon and They need you to find meaningful activities for them that can help prevent excessive napping. We see this a lot. People sleep late. They don't do anything. They get up. They watch TV. They have some lunch. And then they go back and lay down again. And sometimes that can be just because of depression. I get that. But you can't... Let that happen. You've got to take them for a walk, play a game, um, do some exercises, dance, put on some music, bake something, work a puzzle, do something. Because if you don't, then the the bottom line is if they're not sleeping at night, neither are you, (laughs) right? And none of us can continue to be successful caregivers Without enough sleep, it's just not going to happen, okay? So you have to reach out to somebody before the exhaustion sets in or you're just not going to make it, right? You're just not. So what are some of the approaches you could take? Well, um, try to encourage your person with the dementia to get up earlier each day, maybe 10 minutes at a time. So maybe they're getting up now at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Again, I I hear this a lot. So back it up by, say, 10 or 15 minutes. If they're getting up at 11, see if you can wake them up at 10.45. And then maybe a day or two later, you try getting them up at 10.30. And a day or two later, you try getting them up at 10.15. Until you can wake them up maybe somewhere around 8 o'clock in the morning. Now, you're thinking, Jill, you're out of your mind because they, they're they up all night and then all of a sudden um, they go to bed and then they keep waking up. Well, some of those things that are happening are happening because you have to set some routines. You have to. You just have to. It won't benefit you or that person if you don't put some things in place that are continual and effective. So by that, I mean they get up in the morning, help them make their bed, try and get them in a shower quickly if you can, um, then maybe go down, and have breakfast, take a walk if it's possible. If it's not possible, work a puzzle, Um Watch your favorite game show, whatever it is, have them help you clean the house, some light, light housework. We are in spring now, and we'll be reaching summer here soon. So, how about gardening? just walking around in the yard for a little bit and looking at some of the plants that are growing. Um, Have them help you weed. Have them help you water. Have them help you sweep the porch off. Clean the cobwebs off of the front door. What kind of things that you can do, what what do you think you can do to maybe put some of the responsibilities that you have uh, around housekeeping? I'm telling you, they're in the front door in America anywhere that doesn't have cobwebs if you haven't touched it in two months. I mean, it's just the way it is. Uh, the spiders start coming out. The The various bugs start coming out. If you have a light over your front door, I guarantee you it's got a year's worth of gunk in it. Get a hose and have them spray it out. Stand back if they need to. That's a great time to be wearing a mask. But do some things that, that help engage them in what you're trying to accomplish. And cleaning is a great way to go I'm telling you and if you can do that if you can do just even a little bit of light exercise or walking around uh, you know have them walk out and get the uh, mail or something like that it's going to be so much better for you so what are some other things that you could do make sure that they have adequate fluids I mean we are I don't know where you are listening in the world I have Listeners in 57 countries, so I have no idea where you are. But in Colorado, it's very dry. Dry, dry, dry. We're an arid state. And because of that, we have to drink a ton of water. It's good for you to drink water anyway. Just just fill up on a couple 16-ounce bottles of water a day, and that will help. It also eliminates cramps. If you have any, you know, uh, Charlie horses or anything like that. So leg cramps and, and so forth can be alleviated through that. I talked about going to your doctor. It's important to check your iron level if you have restless leg syndrome or just restless legs in general. So a good way to do that is ask your doctor to run your iron levels. You should be over 150. That doesn't mean go out to the store and buy, uh, you know, uh, iron in an iron supplement or something and start taking it every day. You don't want to max yourself out on it, but you may need to take it for like a week or something just to bump your iron levels back up. If you do that, though, you have to drink it with a glass of orange juice, and I mean a big glass of orange juice. If you don't, you're going to have a stool that is so hard you can't pass it, and then you're going to have hemorrhoids, and you're not going to be a happy camper. I guarantee it. So if you're having nighttime leg cramps and, and other discomforts like that, um, maybe look at that. It's also not a bad idea if, if somebody has like a sore shoulder or a Arthritis somewhere, taking a leave if you can, about a half an hour before you go to bed. I do that because I have broken 15 bones in my body. And when I am feeling cold or I can't warm up or something like that, or I've got an ache in some place in my body that hurts because I've broken a bone there, I just take in a leave. And about a half an hour later, it calms me right down. You don't necessarily have to take a narcotic. And if you do, that narcotic is probably not going to help with memory. In fact, it could complicate it terribly. So that's, you know, something to think about, okay? Um, I think that we have a lot, a lot of issues around all of this because we take an easy way out sometimes to just let the person sleep during the day because it's easier for you to get things done. But, you know, to that, I have to say, how's that working for you? Because you're not sleeping at night. So start thinking about those kinds of things. What could you do that are sort of holistic that you don't have to introduce a trazodone or God forbid an Ambien because they are uh, devastating to our mental status and our cognitive status? So what else can you do? Um, don't let them eat too much at dinner time, and don't eat too late, okay? So don't let them get overstuffed and uncomfortable on snacks and all that kind of stuff because that could keep them from having a sound sleep. So have your last meal in the early evening and watch portion sizes. If you're having spaghetti or something like that, That could be kind of tough. You don't want to have that person feel bloated or stuffed or anything like that. So just make sure that they don't have too big a portion sizes. All those things will work against you. Um, Let's see, what else? You could sort of pay attention to what that person is reading or viewing on their television set or a magazine or something like that, limit the news because stories about car accidents and bombings and shootings and all these kind of things, Um, politics can cause a person with dementia to dream and even obsess about terrible stuff like this. They They will take that energy in and sort of spew it back out in the night. They could act out whatever they saw in their dreams. So make sure they're watching something funny. They're watching something romantic or just maybe some quiet time with music on, playing a game or, you know, doing some Scrabble or coloring, artwork, um, search a word, just something simple, maybe with some music on. It's a pretty easy way to do things, okay? What else could you do? Um, you could understand what their sleep preferences are. Do they always sleep with a nightlight? Um, If not, then don't put one in their room or don't have one in their room. Um, Make sure that you don't have like, oh, and a good example. In my room, I just had my bathroom renovated. And the electric plug has a green light when it's working. And I'm telling you, that stupid thing is like a freaking spotlight. It it blinds my eyes. I can't stand it. And so I have to put something in front of it. I have to put, like, my soap dispenser or something in front of it. So if there's any lights that are coming through that they don't like... Um, and and this would really apply too if if there isn't a spouse there and you really don't know your parents uh sleep habits or anything like that you need to figure them out you need to talk to them go over in the morning sometime or be there at night before they go to bed and try to figure out you know what do they like do they like a lot of covers or they don't like a lot of covers are they are they too cold at night so that's why they're they're moving around. Maybe you could get some uh, thermal sheets. You know, I don't really like flannel sheets because they have a tendency to shrink. But you can get uh, those thermal ones that that really hold their, their um, shape. And you could have those on cold nights. And they have a hard time uh, having their body temperature remain constant. So having some kind of a sheet that is warm when they get in, even in the summertime, even in the summertime, it is not fun to get into a cotton sheet bed situation because it's cold. And if you know that they are struggling with keeping their body temperature even and they're cold all the time, you're better off having those thermal sheets, a thermal blanket, uh, a heavier bedspread, and the whole nine yards. If if they don't like a lot of covers, make sure that the room and the house is warm. So make sure you've got a good temperature Going, you could even get them one of those um, electric fireplaces. You can get the mobile ones. You don't have to get one that gets put into a wall that you could turn on and maybe have it on a timer that you could set, you know, to come on when they go to bed at night, so the room is warm, so that if they don't like a lot of covers or they don't want the the warmer sheets, which I am I'm, I'm going to believe they do. Um, But if they don't want those, then you have a way to keep them warm by keeping the room really warm. And that's kind of a difficult thing. I don't like space heaters, per se, because they can catch on fire and they can get old and have problems. And if they fall over, uh, they could burn carpeting and stuff like that. But those... uh, Electric LED ones, they don't have a real fire and they don't have uh, like crazy heat coming out. It's LED. So it, it has a blower so you don't have those issues. And they last longer. It's just easier to do, okay? Now, check out their situation from their point of view. Sit on their bed, right? Lie on the bed. Does a bright light shine in through the window all night? Does a mirror reflect light and cause shadows that could be alarming? Yeah, it's possible. You don't know unless you're there in the evening. Is there a light from a neighbor's house 600 yards away like I have that I have to close the bathroom window because that light comes right in along with that green one? It's right in the same trajectory, and uh, blinds me at night. I hate, I hate, I hate any light in a room. I like my room to be really, really dark. So I even went and bought new uh, high-low uh, blinds that I can pull the, the blind down from the top, or I can put it up from the bottom, but it's blackout. It's blackout, so I can't see anything at night. If I get up, I have to use a flashlight so I don't trip over my dog who is black in color. <laughs> so you have to think about these kind of things. What could be causing that problem, right? Yeah, these are big, big issues. I totally get it. I totally get it. It is a difficult situation and people struggle with you know, what's going on, you're trying to troubleshoot. I'm trying to give you some things today that maybe you haven't thought about. We're gonna take a short break and I'm gonna be back with more thoughts for you on ways that you can troubleshoot this and get to the bottom of it.
2: Living and working with Alzheimer's and other dementias can often be challenging. Summit Resilience Training provides education, utilizing non-medical approaches for those who work with our friends affected by dementia. Believing families still need one-on-one assistance, we provide classes which help them understand the diseases affecting their loved ones, offering strategies and techniques for success with activities of daily living and working with confusing behaviors. We offer in-home assessments to clarify symptoms of dementia diseases and help families work together to find moments of joy while living with memory loss and impairment. Education programs instilling person-centered care philosophies are offered for professional caregivers working in communities and homes, which can be customized for their staff. Training is also available for first responders such as law enforcement, fire, and EMT personnel. We are passionate that people with dementias such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and others are approached with compassion and understanding, and those who work with them have all the tools they need for success. Call us at Summit Resilience Training, 303-420-6988 to schedule a class or in-home assessment. Visit our website at summitresilientstraining.com for more information.
0: Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz.
1: All right, so today I'm I'm really tackling problems with sleep. It's a Big issue for people. So before we went to break, I was talking about making sure that you sit on that person's bed and see what they are seeing at night. Is the room cold? When you pull back the the bed sheets, um, is it cold when they get in? That all could be a problem. It could be as simple as just changing the sheets, right? and getting warmer sheets, and I know you're all dying here, but even in the summertime, especially if the person has air conditioning. So if they have air conditioning, then it's going to be twice as cold, right? So make sure there's no windows open that are making anything blow and flap and so on and so forth. Uh, You could have some white noise. You could have... um, some uh, you know, like a blue light. There's this blue light theory of having uh just like a, a simple light that's in the room that's supposed to be really calming. I got the Google system. You can get Alexa, you can get Google, whatever it is, and I bought special light bulbs. So I can say, Alexa, turn on the bedroom lamps and make them blue. And it's a really pretty Calming color. You can ask Alexa to shut those lights off in 45 minutes or whatever. You can ask Google to do that too. So you can set those lights if they need something that's sort of calming. You could also set music uh, like classical music or piano music or guitar music, jazz music, and set the volume to like two and say when you want it to start and when you want it to stop and shut everything off. Today, technology is amazing. That's a really good Mother's Day or Father's Day or gift to yourself if you're sleeping with somebody who's keeping you awake at night. (laughs) Okay, so think about things like that. Um, these are just little easy troubleshooting things. Make sure that the mattress is comfortable. I mean, there is nothing worse than a bed that is like 10 years old that has now become a taco that swallows you up when you get in. It. If there are rivets, you might need a new bed. And the You know, they're not inexpensive. To get a mattress is anywhere from like $800 to $1,200. Holy smokes. So go to like a mattress firm or, um, you know, if you have like an American furniture warehouse or something like that, a furniture row somewhere near you. I think those are the places that are the best that you can actually go in and lay down on the bed and see if it's comfortable because you have to find out if it's providing support to that person or is it too freaking hard when they lay on it is it is it difficult for them have they been using a super soft pillow and that's not good for their neck and maybe they need like a memory foam pillow I used to be a terrible sleeper. I just could not sleep. I was up all night. I was distracted and I was busy all day long. The problem for me is I couldn't shut my mind off. I could not calm my mind down. And to make matters worse, I would get neck aches and back aches. And finally, we went and got a new mattress because I realized that the mattress was too soft and had become kind of broken down. And we got one of those memory foam beds. And when I did that, I got a memory foam pillow and I sleep like a baby. We got that like five years ago. And I love that pillow. I never thought I would like a hard pillow. But you can kind of mash it down to where you want to, but it keeps your, keeps your neck sort of firm. Another thing you can do is get one of those body pillows that when you roll over, you can put it between your legs and you can sort of hug it. And that can keep your hands and your feet from becoming numb in the middle of the night. So these are questions you ought to be asking the person. Do your hands get numb at night uh, from having your arm under the pillow and it and it hits that little nerve that's right under your armpit and makes your whole arm go to sleep? There's a lot of things that could be causing the uncomfortableness. But I'm telling you, the mattress support and, um, you know, just the comfort all around of your pillow could make a huge difference. Now, one other thing. Does your spouse, your mom, dad, whoever, your friend, whoever it is, do they have a favorite quilt or a blanket that they really like? I do. I have ones I don't like and I have ones I do like. Um, I kind of like to be super warm with a a nice uh, kind of fall away top sheet uh, in the wintertime. And I do have the thermal... Um, Bedspreads and uh, sheets and, and a top sheet and all that kind of stuff. I like those kind of things. So, um, and I have a big heavy comforter in the wintertime. In the summertime, I sleep super hot. And so I like a really lightweight, maybe six or seven pound. Uh, it's not what they call a bedspread, but it's a coverlet that is that li- has a little bit of weight to it, but not a lot. But it's just perfect if you get a little cold in the um, summertime. So you can look at those kind of things. What's a favorite quilt or blanket or pillow that they really like that you could implement and bring in now and put it on their bed? Maybe it's something they have down on the couch. That could make them sleep a little bit more comfortable. If they're using it to sleep in a chair, it could work to have them use it at night. Um, another thing is bathing. So if you all, if your person always uh, like took a bath at night or a shower at night before they go to bed, and you've stopped that because it's been difficult to get them. To bathe and you're trying to do it once a day, so you're doing it in the morning or something. Go back to doing it at night. It's okay to modify that. I mean, it really is. A simple wash up of the face and hands before bed could just be what the doctor ordered, right? So maybe you just take them in and you, you, um, Get them a nice warm rag and say, why don't you just uh, sort of wash your armpits, wash your face, wash your hands, brush your teeth, all those things that they did when they were kids and that many of us still do as adults, that, but it, it fell out of the routine. So put it back in, modify it and put it back in. Maybe um, that was something that they were used to doing and it's a kind of a close the night kind of thing. I, for one, cannot read before I go to bed. Well, I could, I suppose, but I'll fall asleep with the book on my lap with the lights on and end up waking up. So if you're going to read at night and it makes you sleepy, do it about 8 p.m. or something. Get a magazine, do a, listen to a podcast, um, you know, like a mystery one or a history one or whatever it is, and do that like uh, about 8 o'clock at night or, you know, up to 9 o'clock at night and then try to get them in bed earlier. Try not to have them uh, go to bed too late because if they go to bed too late, they could be overtired and then they don't sleep very well and and don't wind down very well. Um what else could you do? So you could probably end the day, wind the day down with simple things like rolling a yarn, you know, get a skein of yarn and just roll it while you're talking to your person and have them roll it and help you with it. Look through a photo album. Um, what else? Let's see. You know, just redirect them to some things to help you. Maybe it's loading the dishwasher, cleaning the counters after dinner, uh, planning what you're going to have tomorrow for breakfast, um, what you're going to have tomorrow for dinner and pull that out of the freezer and put it in the refrigerator and ask them to help you with it. Um Maybe you ran the dishwasher after you had dinner, and now you put all the dishes away so you can start fresh in the morning. Maybe you could make a pot of coffee and put it on automatic so that it uh, makes the house smell good in the morning and it entices them to get up. That's a much easier way, you know, to those nice smells. Oh, I'm telling you what, when I am being a sleepyhead and I can't get up, my husband will leave our bedroom door open because the coffee pot is really just right below the where the stairway is. And I smell that coffee, man, I'm bouncing out of bed like there's no tomorrow. I'm happy about that. So, <laughs> so you know, just redirecting them to nighttime routines and activities that enable them to wind down and are sort of a, let's finish getting the house sort of ready so we can go to sleep kind of thing. Okay. Um, Again, like I was just saying with the food, build excitement for the next day. Maybe get a dry erase board or a, a bulletin board or something and put on the calendar, what you're going to do tomorrow? Tomorrow morning, we're going to go for a walk. We're going to take the dog. We're going to uh, we're going to dance right before lunch. We're going to play croquet in the backyard. Um, you know, sometimes listing all the things that you're going to do the next day is helpful. Again, for me, before I go to bed, I always look at my calendar. Of what I have to do the next day. So I know what time I have to get up. I know what my day is going to look like. There's no surprises. And that helps me. And even when I was working at the Alzheimer's Association, I had a lot of different things I had to do. For my job, sometimes it would get overwhelming at night, so I would keep a pad of paper and all the things that were going through my psyche, my subconscious, I would write them down. Oh, I've got to do this, this, and this. I have to be at this place at 11, and I want to talk to this person about that, and I would write those things down so that um, they weren't in my subconscious at night. And man, I could sleep so much better, you wouldn't even believe it. So being able to put that list of what you're going to be doing and and kind of make a note of the fact that you're going to get a good night's rest and, and you'll be well prepared the next day to get up and do the things that you need to do and do them better if you write them down, right? So think about things like that. And for goodness sakes, make going to bed a pleasant experience, if you can. Maybe offer a foot rub. This is one of the things you could add into their routine: a hand or a back rub. Have them lay on the couch and maybe give them a little shoulder rub and a back rub. I'll tell you, they'll be out like a freaking light. That that will help so much if you can do something that is totally relaxing and have them close their eyes. Again, I love adding music, soft, quiet music, um, to make that circle kind of complete. I think it could help a lot. And you know, once you get that person into bed and everything, tuck them in with a hug and a kiss. That can work, right? I I kiss my husband every night before I go to bed and tell him I love him. And if he rolls over, I wake him up. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you didn't kiss me. Um My husband has a thing where he always likes to uh, watch—I think he does it for me, actually, because he goes to sleep and I laugh my head off. But we always watch Friends when we go to bed or some show like Oak Island or something like that. Um, And it just kind of—that white noise sort of puts him to sleep. I am not really a fan of watching TV when I'm in bed, but he's always like that. So I just have to turn the volume down really low and it really helps. And we just added the brand new LED fireplace like I was talking to you all about. And I'm telling you what? Just staring at that thing for about 10 minutes, I am out. and it's on a timer. again, uh, I don't even know when it turns off. It's just off when I go to when I wake up, right? So, all right, just a couple more ideas. Let me think here. Maybe think of a favorite, really soothing, familiar, classical song or a lullaby um, that you could sing. You Are My Sunshine, um, theme from Dr. Zhivago. Uh, maybe a Jason Mraz song or a Michael Buble or a Disney song or something that you can just remember the words, try singing to that person. If that doesn't work, you could add noises like cricket sounds or something like that. You know, there's always, not always, but a lot of times, that those little sounds—crickets, birds chirping, um, rain falling—you can get those sounds. You can just get them. You can buy them and play them. Um, you can you can download them. You can have them on a flash drive. If you've still got a CD player, you could do that. You can use a Bluetooth and play them on your phone and see if that uh, that that just kind of quiet, sweet nighttime noise could help them sleep and some soothing, soothing music to help. Sometimes it works if you tell a story, like a favorite story of their childhood or recite maybe a a family prayer or some, some popular A poem that you've always enjoyed. Maybe you could read, you know, some poem or something like that to them to see if that would help them fall asleep. It could certainly help. I mean, I hope that today I'm giving you some ideas of things that maybe you just haven't thought about, things you have not explored. So it wasn't in your consciousness. Here's one of them that really came to me when I got a call. Just this morning, I actually got an email from somebody, and thank you, Deb, by the way. Uh, she said, I'm having trouble with my uh, dad, and he's getting up all night, and what can I do? And I said, your timing is perfect, because this is exactly what I'm going to talk about today. <laughs> so here's an idea that, that, that came to me after I uh, talked to her. Install rope lighting on the baseboards or on the wall. So that if the person is having trouble seeing where to go to go to the bathroom or something like that, you could do that with, um, there's these little clips that you can get. You can buy them at any like Ace Hardware or any hardware store and they're clear and they're those strips that you can use uh, to put a, like a, a picture on the wall, but you don't want to put a nail in. This stuff is really light, so you could actually get the clips and have that rope lighting going in those clips like uh, like a picture would hang from them. And you could do that easily uh, to put it on the baseboards or um, to put it on uh, maybe a uh, Wayne's coating or something like that if they don't mind a nightlight or just put a small nightlight in the room for them if they do need light. Like I told you, I don't like light. There are people that do like it. So if they need that, it could help ease that confusion when they're looking for the bathroom in the middle of the night, when they're looking for uh, the door in the middle of the night. Another thing you could do if they are walking out and disappearing, again, uh, that I love, love, love that... um, Alexa and Google situation, because you can have the door make a noise. You can set it up on various doors in the house when that door opens. And it can be a light sound, but enough that's going to wake you up, right? So anyway, those are things you can do. Now, other things you could do to help set the the mood for bedtime is... Um, you know, try to relieve the anxiety by planning ahead and and making you know like I said all the whole day's accumulation of what you did a conversation. Wow, we had a great day today. We took the dog for a walk we we worked a a five hundred piece puzzle we you know we um. We got to go out in the yard and water all the plants. And isn't it beautiful? I can't wait till uh, all these little starts start coming up and stuff like that. Um, you can give them those hugs, I was telling you. Comforting touches. Uh, if you if they won't let you give them a, a massage or something like that, just go and take their hand and talk to them. Um, you can say things that like... Uh, here's the bathroom, mom, you know, you head in and I'll wait for you. Uh, So you kind of guide them to the restroom so that you make sure that they don't get up in the middle of the night because they didn't relieve themselves before they went to bed. You could say, "Um, I'm really tired. You must be too. Let's go to bed now. Just calming things. Why don't we dim the lights, turn down the TV, and read a little bit before bedtime? That's an easy thing to say. You know, um, we've got a lot more work to do in the garden tomorrow, and we need to get some rest. We're going out tomorrow to have coffee with your best friend, and we need to get to bed now so we're fresh and happy in the morning. And things like, um, maybe like, uh, why don't I rub this nice warm lotion under your hands. And then let's say a prayer before we go to bed. Would that be nice? Would you like some hot milk or herbal tea before bed? Some of these things could certainly help. And last but not least, I want to talk about, you know, a little a couple of tips like just try to develop a sleep schedule sticking to the same bedtime and getting up at the same time each day is going to help even schedule like a 30 minute nap after lunch every day if it's necessary but never let them sleep past two o'clock in the afternoon that's a disaster if they do um, understand what medications these folks are on and if maybe some of the symptoms and in, in um Issues are repercussions from the effects of the medication, so that's why it's important to talk to the doctor and see if the medications are causing drowsiness or are is causing them to have some excitability that you're having to deal with. Limit caffeine. Don't have chocolate. Don't have coffee. Try not to try to have decaffeinated tea if you can, um, but don't try not to have those. Late at night, try to do them earlier in the day so that they can sleep at night. And last but not least, consider all the safety pro- precautions that you need so you can get peace of mind and have a restful sleep, even using monitors, using that door ring, like I was telling you. I think it's the ring system that does that, not my Google. Um, Yeah, it's a ring system, and it's only a couple of hundred dollars. So every time they open a door, I think it's like $200 to install it, and it's really easy. Every time they open a door that you have a sensor on, it makes a really pretty sound, and it will help you to um, notice and be aware when they get up and leave the room. And you you can set those alarms on doors and windows and install special locks if you need to, Signs that say, don't go out this door or whatever it is you need. Folks, I hope this has been helpful. And I know it's a a tough situation, but you can get through it. And if you need to, just play this podcast again and run through the things I talked about and see what's going to work for you. What works one day may not work the next day, but I hope I've given you a lot of new good ideas about things that could be helpful. So I will see you next week on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorentz.
0: You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at SummitResilienceTraining.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Joe Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.